I request Government of Karnataka to act immediately regarding oxygen supply as well as supply of the remdesivir because patients are deteriorating every day and uh, it is a very grave situation. Last year we have handled this COVID epidemic peak much better than what we are doing it today and I don't want many lives to be lost. Hi and welcome to the Lead by DH Radio. The voice that you just heard now was of a Bengaluru hospital owner appealing for medical oxygen for his patients. We have seen hospitals and individuals' need for oxygen has shot up in the past few days. On Monday alone, the city recorded over 9,000 COVID-19 cases. What's happening on the ground? Is the country's tech hub ready to take on the second wave of the pandemic? Today, to talk about this, we have DH's Suraksha P. Note, this episode was recorded on Monday 19th, Listening to the conversation. Uh, hi, Suraksha, and welcome to the show. Hi, Anand. Good to be here. It's it's great to have you once again. Uh, Suraksha, there's a sudden surge in COVID cases in the state, and especially the city is among the worst hit. Uh, were we caught unaware, and what could have gone wrong? Anand, I don't think we were caught unaware. I think uh, it is more of a case of complacency, because... Uh, the state COVID-19 Technical Advisory Committee had in uh, last year itself, at the end of last year, said that there will be a second uh, surge in uh, January. And uh, because uh, the wave, uh, I mean, the ascent did not start in January, it, its prediction was, another prediction was made that the we could see a surge in February. So as the prediction uh, started, uh, you know, getting uh, postponed, uh, there was a sense of... Um, calm, uh, let's say, a sense of uh, denial uh, amongst us that uh, the, the peak may never happen, the second wave may never come. But the peak ascent did happen, and uh, it happened in March. And by then, the state had uh, already, uh, so to speak, uh, dismantled all the systems that it had put in place very thoughtfully last year, uh, be it uh, war rooms filled with uh, contract workers or permanent employees, uh, be it, uh, you know, systems in place to send uh, uh, proper home isolation kits, you know, personnel involved in contact tracing, your contract health workers, be it doctors or uh, the allied health staff. Now, when the ascent began, the government was, uh, for the lack of a better word, surprised maybe, and uh, it had to redo everything that it had undone at the end of the first uh, wave. It said that it will be rehiring all the contract uh, staff that it had uh, let go in January. It also said that, you know, uh, because the number of cases are just so many now, it won't be able to send uh, home isolation kits that it did last year. And uh, a lot of voluntary groups, patient support groups, uh, who are working for facilitation of pet oxygen and uh, premdesivir and convalescent plasma, tell us that uh, when they called the war rooms, uh, the kind of response that they receive is one of inexperience. Uh, last year, uh, the uh, the war room uh, professionals were uh, they're very in, they were in touch with the protocols, code protocols. But the, the volunteers working with patient support groups who call these war rooms to facilitate bed management say that they they get a very inexperienced response from the BBMP war rooms. Mm-hmm. And uh, this we have got from multiple uh, patient support groups and uh, volunteer organizations working in the city right now who are frankly doing more than uh, what a government helpline uh, 
may have done and also this uh, you mentioned about the the oxygen right the lack of oxygen and you know this spike has almost stretched the healthcare infrastructure and you had posted one uh, video of a doctor asking for medical oxygen now that is not mm-hmm. grave no what is the situation on the ground like so the situation on the ground is uh, hasn't improved a bit on 8th of april the karnataka government had uh, passed an order saying it is appointing a nodal officer he is actually the deputy drug controller as the one who will facilitate oxygen supply to hospitals suffering a shortage now this order surprisingly was made public only 10 days after it was actually passed hospitals and hospital associations like fana the private hospital the nursing homes association said that we didn't know such an order existed and we didn't know such a nodal officer existed in the first place notwithstanding that Uh, on Saturday, most newspapers, including Deccan Herald and uh, uh, most television channels, they flagged off this overwhelming uh, oxygen shortage across the city. And 48 hours later, the situation is not uh, any better. So the health minister has assured that uh, the Karnataka produces about 800 metric tons of oxygen, and our consumption currently is only 200 metric tons. But that begs the question: Why are so many hospitals in distress? all the ngos involved in facilitating oxygen and bed management say that they are still getting distress calls from hospitals uh, saying they need jumbo cylinders i have uh, personally contacted these hospitals these are uh, small and medium hospitals who say that uh, you know there is a break of at least one hour by the time the current oxygen cylinder runs out and they get the next tranche from their suppliers which is very worrisome you know somebody in a general ward or a special ward can take that break that one hour gap where he is not on oxygen but somebody in an icu it it is just it is unfathomable so uh, hospital heads have said that uh, despite government assurances that you know there is no oxygen shortage in the state the ground reality is very different i mean uh, just a couple of hours ago i called uh, some uh, small and medium hospitals and they say that they have one hour uh, of oxygen left or uh, you know half an hour of oxygen left which is very very worrisome uh, in fact these hospitals have informed the patient attenders saying that this is a real concern and they are free to take their uh, family members to other hospitals but again patient attenders are uh, panicking they are crying and they are uh, saying that they do not have any oxygen beds elsewhere to take them both the hospitals and the patient families are uh, extremely worried and uh, concerned about their family members and uh, the state has to come clean and uh, say if there is oxygen in fact being produced in the state uh, which is much more than the current consumption then uh, then they have to put a distribution plan in place so that these hospitals get the cylinders i i need to point here that uh, not all private hospitals have liquid oxygen tanks like a public taluk hospital does many of them rely on jumbo oxygen cylinders which is a d type cylinder which has about 46 liters of oxygen that is one point and uh, and, and and another point is that one person cannot be uh, appointed as a nodal officer for a city as big as bangalore and considering the number of health establishments we have the deputy drug controller did say that uh, he will be assisted by about 10 other people from the drug controller office and that you know he doesn't have to stay up till 3 am or 4 am like he did on sunday uh, attending calls uh, now he says that he got many calls from uh, people who were in home isolation requesting for oxygen cylinders so you can imagine that there are actually people in home isolation who are in respiratory distress 
who are calling for oxygen cylinders. So, so the situation is really grim. And as as long as the suppliers do not get liquid oxygen from manufacturers, then they cannot supply uh, any more additional oxygen cylinders. You will continue to see long queues of hospital personnel in oxygen filling stations. This, this is likely to be the case until manufacturers supply more liquid oxygen to the suppliers to match the demand that they are seeing. And, and uh, apart from oxygen, another thing is that hospital beds. Now, uh, we know that uh, a few days ago, even a former chief minister couldn't get uh, a hospital bed in a, in a in a one of the major hospitals in the city. And many other states uh, have asked uh, the railways isolation coaches. So in that respect, how are we? Uh, do we have sufficient beds? So um, after complaints that the COVID hospital bed management system dashboard is uh, not reflecting the true numbers, Health Minister himself took to Twitter and uh, started uh, posting these uh, Google spreadsheets uh, in which uh, he says that the data is uploaded every five minutes and that uh, this, this is reliable data. So as to that data itself, there is about 95% occupancy in the city of beds. And uh, uh, patient support groups say that there isn't a single ICU ventilator bed in the city, which is extremely worrisome. Uh, even uh, public health experts who are part of the technical advisory committee have said that uh, there are no, no, no more critical beds in the city. I think we are looking at a scenario where there is 100% occupancy of uh, intensive critical care unit beds, numbers notwithstanding, because uh, uh, none of the, uh, you know, when when NGOs call all the ambulance services, they say that they don't know where to take patients anymore because the ground reality is that when they reach the hospital, they say there are no ICU beds and there are no ventilator beds. Even though, you know, uh, some of the studies have pointed that, pointed that, you know, there are certain constraints on how effective plasma therapy is. Now, we, we can we can see people, you know, posting on Twitter about, you know, inquiring about where the plasma is and they are grappling for anything that even, even remotely would help them. Now, what are the challenges these people are facing and uh, what, what do your sources say about this? As far as this notion that plasma therapy does not help is wrong is what uh, very... Uh, well-known renowned doctor who is heading the uh, state uh, plasma bank at ECG Hospital uh, tells us. He says that, uh, you know, uh, the ICMR did the study uh, last year and concluded that plasma therapy is not effective. Uh, it did not do two things that is very essential. One is to give, uh, to administer the plasma early on in the treatment cycle. And second is to see to it that the plasma that is administered has high levels of antibodies. He says that, you know, uh, this wasn't done in the ICMR trial and uh, this led to a lot of misinformation and uh, it led to a critical downfall of ineffective therapy. Despite this information, he receives about 50 calls every day asking for plasma. The, the WhatsApp groups of NGOs working for patients are filled with requests for plasma units. And uh, those who do manage to get plasma they have, you know, gotten back with very positive feedback is what the plasma bank tells us, that, you know, it has really helped a critical care uh, patients who, who were severely ill with COVID, is what the bank tells us. So um, you're right in saying that we have reached a situation where patients are literally grabbing onto anything they can get, them just wear plasma, anything. In fact, one member of technical advisory committee said that uh, Doctors were, uh, you know, under a lot of pressure from uh, patient attenders uh, in uh, districts like Kalbuki, where uh, they themselves were asking doctors to, you know, administer remdesivir. So the doctors had to educate the public, saying, you know, this is not for everybody. It only works in certain, uh, only when the patient is, you know, 
he has a level of severity of the disease. Yes, it, it is a situation of desperation. That is what we see right now. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, talking about this particular situation, we in other cities, right, like Pune and Mumbai, we, we, some of the videos and photos have go- gone viral where people have been queuing for like the serpentine queues to buy Remdesivir, and it's you know almost become a medical gold now uh, with uh, you know reports of uh, them being smuggled and all these. Now, how are doctors and people coping with this shortage and this overpricing? So, uh, the National Pharmaceutical Price and Quality, I think, had come out with a list of the capping, as in which brand of Remdesivir can cost how much. Now, this they say that uh, that the companies themselves pitched this capping. This this was a ceiling arrived at by the companies themselves and not the NPTA. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure this is being followed in our state because uh, doctors are saying that when they write prescriptions for their patients for Remdesivir, they are securing it in the open market, in black market, for as high as eighty thousand rupees, which is which is exorbitant, and uh, this causes you know less than five thousand. I think a cost case than again this where it costs about four thousand change. But there is definitely overpricing uh, because patients are uh, securing it from the open market. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Karnataka had said that you know they have about uh, thirty-five thousand vials of dentistry in the Karnataka Drug Logistics Society. And, and the health minister had posted this list of hospitals who had asked for a certain number of vials. He was in those vials from the government. And uh, though he, he says that, you know, so many vials have been supplied to so many hospitals, what the private hospitals and nursing homes association tells us is that they haven't received the number that they have requested for. Pana had a meeting with the health minister where the, they were assured the these vials will soon reach them. So there are there are ceilings, there are caps. Overpricing is not being dealt with. We do hear of all these uh, uh, news stories where you know a, a fake drug bracket is busted in my or elsewhere. But uh, apart from that, uh, there is no active uh, you know effort to curb uh, overpricing. And uh, uh, with respect to shortage, uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, uh, Fana has gone on record and said that you know there is a terrible shortage of Remdesivir in all their uh, member hospitals, and uh, they haven't received the number of vials that they have requested the government for. Now, also about the doctors, right? Many are fatigued, and uh, you know some of them have even contracted the infection. And uh, is there anything being done to see through this? Because I think there is uh, there is a shortage of uh, doctors to on to deal with uh, these number of increasing number of patients. Right, the doctors are fatigued. Definitely, um, a lot of doctors are uh, posting on social media and also sending certain messages to uh, reporters saying that you know we're drowning and. Uh, we at least need a non-essential uh, lockdown where, you know, there is this slowing down of transmission so that the health system can cope with the burden uh, that they are getting. Uh, so a lot of uh, emergency duty doctors, everybody are pitching in, uh, you know, letting go of their leaves and uh, off and working you know, 24 by 7. What is not helping the situation is that uh, there was an insurance cover that the central government assured in the PM uh, scheme. And uh, that was withdrawn. So uh, the government said that only those who uh, have given their applications to March 24th will be eligible for the insurance cover. And uh, even those who had applied, not all of them have got the insurance. Mm -hmm. So without a safety net, without um, any sort of assurance from the government that all this hard work means something, doctors, I think, are demoralized. Health workers, uh, let's say in, uh, in an institute like 
PNCRI, Bangalore Medical College and Research Institute. Mostly the postgraduate students are manning these COVID wards and uh, they are uh, sacrificing their education, their practical surgical experience to man COVID wards, but uh, they haven't even got uh, incentives in the past seven months is what uh, the Karnataka Resident Doctors Association tell us. Doctors are tired, they are drowning in work, they are stretched, and uh, what is not helping is uh, little incentives, little insurance covers, even they are not being provided. provided. So um, yeah. the government has to do something to increase their morale. Uh, lastly, before we end, Raksha, the you know that this, this sort of a trident against the virus is the the vaccines. Now, the state stocks are dwindling, as we can see in the situation in the rest of the country. So, um, what about that? How how is it uh, on the ground? Do you do you see more wastage? Do you see not people hes- uh, hesitant to take vaccine? Uh, w- what is happening? Uh, so. The bulletin just came in, uh, the COVID bulletin today, and uh, since 3.30 today, uh, as many as 84,785 people have been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So this takes the total vaccinated uh, population to uh, about 71,17,405 people. Karnataka says that it is getting containment of vaccines time to time from the government of India and that there is no shortage. Uh, but uh, uh, I think we are cutting it too close. Uh, we, you know, a lot of people last week, uh, who were due for their uh, second dose had to be sent back uh, one day uh, and, uh, and asked to be come next day because, uh, you know, there was a shortage of vaccines. Uh, in Bangalore, in the uh, vaccine store, we were down to about 1,000 doses before another 50,000 doses came in. So this is the ground reality. Uh, but another uh, positive thing is that uh, the Bangalore facility of Bharat Biotech will be getting uh, 65 crores for uh, co-vaccine uh, production mm-hmm. and uh, this is also happening in other uh, manufacturing facilities uh, to, to ramp up production of co-vaccine and uh, there is also news coming in that Serum uh, Institute of India will be given uh, uh, some amount of money so that they can uh, ramp up production of COVID shield. So um, I think uh, vaccines will be uh, produced at a much larger scale come next month and uh, the government is funding these two uh, manufacturers in India to you know, bring in more doses into the market. I think we'll, we'll wait and watch how the situation develops and uh, thanks a lot for giving inputs. Thanks. I think this is, the public needs to know what, what the situation is on ground and uh, uh, thank you for all these in. Thank you very much. Great talking to you. Yeah. That's all in today's episode. Tune in this evening on our news update podcast from the newsroom to catch all the exciting developments of the day and to get the news while it's still budding. For latest news and updates, log on to www.deckandherald.com. Check out our e-paper at www.deckandheraldepaper.com. To read news on the go, sign up to our Telegram channel t.me slash News. Keep up with the news from your interested sphere by downloading the all-new Herald app, in which you can personalize, have quick glance at news shots, check highlights and even listen too. You can get it from Google Play Store and Apple App Store and you can find the links to the same in the description.